Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another Arseblog Arsecast, right here on arseblog.olayolay.com. The season is winding down. The Arsecast is heading towards its summer break. Hibernation. Can you hibernate in the summer? I don't know whether you can or not. I don't think it really matters whether you can hibernate or not. Hiatus? Hiatus burnation? No. None of those things work. Anyway, we're going to take a break in the summer. Obviously, still a few arsecasts to go, though. We've got a couple of league games left, and we'll have an end-of-season thingy, no doubt, at some stage as well. So still a couple of shows to go. On today's show, we've got Gilberto Silver from Gunnerblog.com. Also, Arshaman is here. Sylvester is here. Arsene Wenger Hawkins is here. And um, bits and pieces, we'll be looking ahead to the Blackburn game uh, as the show goes on. So, since the last Arscast and this Arscast, well, a marvellous weekend in London last weekend. The football was absolutely first class. Unbelievably good. Triumphant, you might say. And then uh, we went and watched the Arsenal Man City game. Hmm. It was, of course, the Arsblog 5-a-side tournament uh, last weekend, which pits uh, various Arsblog forum members against each other in, in five teams, green, red, white, blue, and yellow. Green, red, white, blue. Yes, that's five. Sorry, a little slow this evening. Greens were reigning champions and remain champions to this day after two cool-as-ice penalty shootout wins. Uh, that's not the most important thing, though. It's all about getting together and having a great day out and... <laughs> what am I talking about? Of course that's the most important thing. Greens are the champions and the rest are all just terrible losers, at least for the next 12 months. And you've got to take your gloating when you can get it. Uh, my football career is drawing to a close. I'm not blind to this fact, so I'm going to be as insufferable as possible. But thanks to everybody who came along and played and organized, and lots of people gave up uh, lots of their free time to make sure it happened. So thank you to all them. Uh, and uh, they made it a great day, as it always is. And then we went to uh, Arsenal Man City, and you're thinking, oh, this was a game that we were looking forward to as the, as the season progressed, because Arsenal were still in the title hunt. Manchester City, we know, are aiming for fourth place. All their millions need them to get into the Champions League because they need Champions League football to attract the the next step of player, don't they? And with their money, they'll have no problem bringing them in. So this game was looking like it was going to be a very tasty game. Not least because we've got the return of Emmanuel Adibayor as well. And after what went on at Eastlands, we're all thinking, wow, this game is going to be epic. It is going to be such a battle. There's going to be roaring and shouting at Adibayor and Arsenal are going to be going for it and City are going to be going for it. It could be just a brilliant game of football. Instead, we got 
probably one of the dullest games of football I think I have ever, ever seen. City weren't interested in scoring. All they wanted out of the game was a point. Arsenal, yeah, we would have taken a win, but after what had happened against Wigan and Spurs and Barcelona, I think we were more concerned as well with not losing than actually winning. And it just was um, tedious. The Adibayor stuff was kind of funny. When he went warming up, he got called a wanker a lot. And then when he came on, every time he touched the ball, he was booed. And my favorite part of the day, of course, was Robin Van Persie uh, fouling him in the center circle and running off as if he didn't, I didn't, what, what, I didn't do anything, what? I was just running past him. Brilliant. But that's the kind of thing you need. But when the pantomime uh, villain is the main entertainment in a game of football between two top four sides, something's a, a little bit off there, I think. Um, it was a good point for Arsenal, I suppose, given that Spurs lost. I think we just need one more point now to uh, uh, secure third place. But still, you know, you're looking for a good game of football to watch. And that wasn't it. That really was not it. But then there's very little um, for Arsenal to play for. A little bit of pride to be restored. But at this point, we're going to get third place. And uh, we'll look back on the season when the season ends, I think, without going into too much detail about it now. So that was that. That's what's happened between the last Arscast and this Arscast. And because our game isn't until Bank Holiday Monday, it's been a really quiet week as well. There's been not an awful lot happening there either. So anyway, to talk a little bit more about all the stuff that's gone on, uh, I welcome back for the final time on the Arscast this season, Gilberto Silva from GunnerBlog.com. Hello there. Hi. Um, the season isn't so much fizzling out because fizzling sounds like it's it's interesting or the sparking, yeah. yeah. It's sort of yeah. There's a bit of life left when there's fizzle. Um, the Manchester mm. City game w- was two teams who uh, no, they don't have anything much left to play for. Man City obviously still in the hunt for fourth spot, but weren't interested in trying to to consolidate that uh, against Arsenal and Arsenal. You know, just sort of going through the motions a little bit. Um, it's hard to see the rest of the season being any more exciting. No, I think you're right, especially seeing as we've got games against Blackburn and Fulham, both of whom are in a sort of little mid-table section whereby literally all they have to play for is, you know, 500 grand that you get for finishing a place higher. Um, I think they're, they're both sort of non-games. We are third. They're going to be, you know, somewhere between ninth and twelfth, and uh, it's not particularly appetising. As far as City are concerned, they definitely came just to get a point. They were incredibly negative. I couldn't, you know, believe it. Down to not starting, by although there may have been other reasons for that. And uh, you know, they know that they've got Villa and Spurs still to come so it's still very very much in their hands and I think that showed it was a very very dull game the only real excitement was when when Adi Bayor came on and and Van Persie you know clipped his heels in the centre circle and left him on his arse and you know as much as we all enjoy things like that uh, and there's a little bit of revenge and and I think every Arsenal fan uh, can identify with that and, and takes a little bit of joy and pleasure from it that that was the most exciting or interesting part of the game tells its own story yeah, completely. I mean, there were a couple of bits of niggle. There was the one that you mentioned there, Van Persie, and then there was a little incident with Alex Song where Craig Bellamy was sort of harassing him and Song right back in his face, which, again, you know, the crowd the crowd had plenty to shout about. It's funny, people often say, you know, the, cl- the crowd don't get behind the team, they don't give them, you know, an impetus to go out there and sort of 
forced the game. But before the game, the crowd were raucous. Robin Van Persie was wearing the armband. He was going around waving his arms, getting the crowd even more wound up. But it just didn't translate into the game at all. And, you know, Sissy defended well. You've got to give them that. And to be fair, we didn't defend as badly as we have done in recent weeks. But it was a dire, dire spectacle and uh, barely a chance on goal. Yeah, well, I mean, the city had seven defenders on the pitch, or defensive minded, seven yeah. or eight defensive minded players on the pitch. They'd want to defend well. Patrick Vieira returned, and I think having watched him a couple of times um, for Man City, obviously on the television, and then having seen him again in the flesh. The Vieira that is playing for Manchester City is so, so far removed from the Vieira that even left Arsenal. Um, nostalgia is a wonderful thing, and, and in January, where there was some talk about him maybe coming back, I think it's fairly obvious Arsene made the right decision there. I think he did, and what's interesting is if you look at the call that he made on Vieira and then the call that he made on Sol Campbell, you know, he was prepared to take that gamble with Campbell uh, and not not with Paddy and I, I wonder if that's as much to do with the position that they play you know the midfielders now Vieira's game was always so all action one end of the pitch to the other he was never truly a holding midfield player he was never truly a creative midfield player he was all those things uh, and that was what made him so great I think and not having that I mean you know Alex Song's improved a lot this season but when you saw Song past Vieira so easily it still did speak volumes you still thought this is a guy now who is not at the top level of the game unlike Campbell can't just rely on his positional know-how and his experience to get by in that midfield engine room he just isn't quite there anymore but in some ways uh, you know we can't be too sorry to see it I wouldn't want the Patrick Vieira of his prime facing up against us in the Premier League <laughs> this is a very good point um the new Patrick Vieira is a phrase that crops up every summer, I suppose, when we're linked with uh, players coming in. And yeah. we, we've seen that already yesterday with uh, the guy in Zonzi from, from Blackburn. But Arsene has been talking about transfers and he says, I have definite transfer targets. I've been talking to people, which is very interesting, but I will not tell you who. He said, I believe the earlier you settle your team, the better and uh, the less anxiety you have. Um, some of it we've heard before from him, uh, in fairness, when it comes to summer transfer deals. Um I think it is crucial, though, this summer, more than any other, and given that we've gone another season without a trophy, not that we need reminding of that, that he gets all the business that he wants to get done as early as possible. I think so. I think, you know, there's several points about that. One is obviously the World Cup, whereby anyone who you've been scouting sort of on the quiet, quiet in like the, you know, the back leagues of Chile goes out and sort of shows his, uh, his skills in the World Cup, you know, his price is going to rocket so you've got to get in there quickly we've seen Arsene buy off the back of tournaments before the likes of Gilberto Silva but it's a pretty unusual thing to do mainly because it's just not economically sensible uh, the other factor I think is that if if a Manchester City say uh, get into the Champions League then as the transfer window wears on they are just going to be in for everybody so if we've got clear targets we need to get in there very, very quickly. I think that started already. I think I'm sure he has been talking to people. And the obvious one uh, is Chamak, which seems to be, you know, accepted as a done deal now. What I hope is that he's lined up a goalkeeper uh, and is already having those kinds of conversations. Mm. And of course, the, the defence uh, is an area, and he's, he's spoken specifically about making defensive signings, that most of his signings will be in the defensive area. 
obviously mm. goalkeeper is one that I think every Arsenal fan, regardless of how you feel about the manager, or how you feel about the team, the way we're going, whether it's positive or negative, I think that's one thing we all agree on is that a goalkeeper has got to come in. But we're looking at uh, Sylvester is going to leave. Mm-hmm. I believe that if Gallas had wanted to stay before now, he would have signed a new deal. Yeah, I agree. I think Gallas will go. Uh, and then there is the, the whole Saul Campbell decision. And I, I suspect that Campbell is going to get a, a, a 12-month deal, not just for what he brings on the pitch, but I think uh, I think Saul Campbell's arrival in January has shown the manager perhaps what he's been missing off the pitch and in the dressing room. So I yeah. think he'll be quite... Um, before he can foster players who can who can do that naturally themselves i think he'll want to keep that nevertheless you're looking then at at vermalen uh, as a center half juru who may be back or may not be back we know he's in full training now again but isn't going to uh isn't going to play before the end of the season jury is still kind of out on johan juru this was going to be a, a breakthrough season for him so you're looking at having to buy at least one and possibly two center halves Mm-hmm. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think Sylvester will go. There's not even been any talk about the possibility of him extending his contract. Uh, Gallus, like I say, I agree with you, will be gone. Campbell's an interesting one because Wenger said last week it's actually as much up to Sol as it is up to him, but I can't imagine that Campbell won't want another crack at the Premier League with Arsenal. Uh, so hopefully that deal will get done. Juru's an interesting one because uh, in this pre-season, before this season, Wenger was playing for Marlon and Jury together a lot, actually. Uh, Gallas, I think, at that time was struggling with an injury, but for Marlon and Jury looked very comfortable together, and I expect Jury to be certainly in and around the first team next season. That aside, he clearly doesn't have the experience to manage an entire campaign. We can't rely on Campbell to do that. So a solid, experienced centre-half alongside Vermaelen looks essential. If it had been my call... I would have given Gallas a two-year deal because I really feel that he and Marlon look strong together. I think there's a natural balance between the two. I think you know Gallas is quicker and more reactive, whereas Vermaelen's going to sort of winning the ball early. Um, but it looks like he's going to go. So someone in that mould with with some real power and really some experience. I really do think that'd be important. And if it can be of the Premier League, so much the better. Well, of course, there's the the uh, 25 man squad and the homegrown players and all that to consider as well. The other interesting quote, and it, it's uh, from maybe last week or the week before last, and the financial situation at the club seems to be much improved in the sense that uh, the the restraints placed on on the manager and the spending and the cash flow by the property side of things seem to be uh, easing up. And mm. and Arsene's quote was, "We can finally buy the players we need," which is interesting not so much the players we want but the players we need and you know it, it sort of says that he hasn't been able to buy the players that that we need in in seasons gone by and in transfer windows gone by i think that is an implication i think there's another reading as well which is that which is the one that i'm hopeful about which is that it suggests that he now has a greater sense of what it is we need right uh, he's always insisted that you know the that he believes you know, entirely in the players that he's got available. The fact that he's now saying, well, we can now get the players we need suggests to me that there might be sort of something that he's realised that we're clearly lacking. And maybe it has been, like you say, to do with the arrival of Campbell and what he's brought off the pitch as well as on it. That winning mentality, that desire, 
maybe that that's what I hope he sees himself as having to add to the squad as well as quality in certain areas alright interesting perspective on that one I hadn't quite thought of that but yeah maybe if we find the happy balance between those two things uh, we're in a good place yeah we'd, we'd be in a good place then alright um, as this is you know, one of the last Ars casts of, of this season. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts, perhaps on the season as a whole. Um, do you feel more positive than negative? Are there any regrets? Obviously not regrets, because, you know, there's nothing you could have done about any of it. But uh, just, <laughs> just looking back on it, well, maybe there was. But no, looking back on it, how, how do you view it? It's ended in a way which is going to sort of foster some disappointment and negative thoughts because because of the Wigan performance and all that. But stepping back from that, if possible, uh, your view on the season as a whole? I feel really... Uh... A lot more positive than the consensus, actually. The consensus seems to me to be pretty down. I think that's a lot to do with the Wigan game. I think the Wigan game hurt fans. Uh, I think they felt extremely let down by that day. But I don't think they should let that cloud the entire season. I know that it exposed some problems that have been there throughout. But if I think back to transfer deadline day, and I was pretty distraught that uh, in August that we didn't add any more than Thomas for Marlon. We let... Uh, Torre go, uh, we let Adebayor go, and I thought, God, we really could have done with strengthening, we really could have done with a striker, we really could have done with a holding midfielder. At the time, I thought we could have done with an experience. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com goalkeeper because I was worried about what would happen if Almunia went injured uh, as it happened he didn't get injured just got crap uh, <laughs> but we could have done with somebody but for the most part considering that considering everything considering that if you told me we'd play for six months without Robin Van Persie if you told me that for a, a good few months we'd have Andre Arshavin as our lone striker that we'd end the season with Sol Campbell and Mikel Silvestre, two 35-year-olds at centre-back, <laughs> I would have been terrified, I think. Uh, if you told me Viso Minone would be playing Premier League and Champions League games, uh, I think that under the circumstances, we have done well. We have competed, although we didn't make it in the end. You know, We went out to a Barcelona side who played extremely well and who were a fantastic team. We've fallen short to a Chelsea United squad's who just have an edge over us at the moment. That They are worse sides than they were last season, but we maintained our progress. And I think in a division where the big teams, for the most part, have had poor seasons, 
uh, and that's reflected in the, in the Champions League. We have at least continued to build, continued to grow. There are players who are developing the likes of Song. The addition of Amarlan has been superb. Uh, there's more experience for Ramsey. Terrible shame about his injury, but he, he'll be back next season, we hope. Nicholas Bentner, again, has, has stepped up when required and scored some really big goals. Um, there are positive signs, and I think that considering the amount of people who doubted our ability to even finish in the Champions League places, you know, there were people who were proclaiming that we would have Liverpool season this mm. year. Uh, and I think that the fact that until, you know, with three games to go or something like it, four games to go, we were very much in the title race is a big sign of progress. And I think that, you know, we all want trophies, but, you know, you can only there can only be one winner. Uh, and it, it deserves to be United or Chelsea this year. It does not deserve to be us, but we're certainly a lot closer than we have been to three years. All right. It's interesting that because it's what pundits before the season started, I lost count of the amount of pundits who said Liverpool were going to win the league. Uh, so yeah. I think what we can safely take from that is that most of them don't know shit. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Gilberto Silva from GunnerBlog.com. Thank you very much. Thank you for indulging my rambling. Thank you very much indeed to Gilberto Silver from www.gunnerblog.com. Still to come, Sylvester, Arsene Wenger Hawkins at some point, and we'll be looking ahead to the Blackburn game. Whee, Blackburn, I love Black Blackburn. Now, Arshavin. Hello, I am Arshavin, and this week I not play football because I uh, have injury still. But uh, talk to newspaper and journalist in Russia. And uh, now I hear that uh, Mr. Wenger not happy, is disappointed uh, with comment in paper. But uh, R7 too uh, have disappoint with the season teammate uh, not win championship for Arshavin and uh, Arshavin not have a golden throne in um, dressing room have to sit on the bench like a proletariat and uh, also disappoint that uh, Arshavin don't have a stick with um, electric on end, so when Ibue make joke not like, I can go, shut up, Ibue. He never shut up. This uh, disappoint me more than anything. He never shut up. Ibue, please shut up. He is... Uh, in my head, in my dream, he won't stop, never stop. Go away, boy. Go away. Arsene Wenger's usual pre-game press conference takes place on a Friday. It actually took place yesterday. Arsene was in a suit, 
I don't quite know why. Maybe there was a board meeting getting together to talk about uh, all the players they're going to buy. I'm not quite sure. Anyway, he was asked about Arshavin and asked about the comments that he made. Uh, and he was um, quite critical, actually, for Arsene. He said, I'm disappointed because he shows a completely different attitude. He wants to extend his contract with us and stay with us. Uh, so the noise coming out of Russia is very difficult to explain. He asked journalists, he said, I'm not stopping you talking to him. You've got access to him. Ask him yourself. But what he said was, he said, uh, when you're at Arsenal, you're at Arsenal. When you're somewhere else, you're somewhere else. Everybody has the freedom to speak, but you want to make sure that, first of all, you respect your club. And speaking about leaving the club, he said, we don't accept that. So I think he's a little bit miffed at Arshavin, because it has been sort of drip, 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 drip. And he did make the point, okay, look, stuff can come back from Russia and get translated in a certain way, or you might not get context and all those sort of things. So he's aware of that. But I think even being aware of that, he's never usually quite so so critical of a player who who speaks. And, uh, you know, I think that's Arshavin's personality. Um, he's not afraid to say what he wants to say. Uh, and I really don't ever have any problem with a player saying, what they want to say, provided they can back those words up with their performances on the pitch. And I don't think I'd be alone in suggesting that perhaps Arshavin hasn't necessarily backed up his words with performances on the pitch. He likes to conserve energy, you might say. Or that's another way of saying he doesn't particularly like running around. Or he's a bit lazy. I know he did a job up front for us, and he's not a guy that I want to see sold this summer at all. I want us to keep him because he is a quality player when he's in the mood, and we need as many quality players as we can get. But I suppose there comes a time, from a manager's point of view, when if the guy is talking and talking and talking and talking all the time, what can you do? You've got to do something about it. You either let him go if that's what he wants to do, if that's the aim of all the talking, or you tell him to shut up and start producing the goods on the pitch. And hopefully, um, Arshavin can do both next season, because when he talks, he's generally quite entertaining and quite funny. He's in a pictures uh, release this week where he's uh, doing something for the junior gunners, and he's in a scout uniform, and he looks about 13 years of age. It's just a strange sort of a character, Arshavin. So hopefully he can marry the two things, the talking off the pitch and the performances and the goals on it for next season. So uh, fingers crossed on that one. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Arsene, what he said about transfers right after Sylvester. Hello, everyone. It's me again, Sylvester. We have a very quiet game against Manchester City. Nil-nil. Very boring. I know this. I know the fans are not happy. But from a personal point of view, I am quite content. I've made some mistakes in the past. I realize this. I am not a stupid man. And to come out with a clean sheet and people say, Hey, that was all right from Sylvester. I'm quite happy. Normally, I prefer my opponent to have a lot more penetration than that. But not this time. <laughs> oh, baby. More Sylvester on another Arscast in the very near future. Now, some interesting stuff regarding transfers. 
in yesterday's press conference. Uh, he was talking about bringing in players, etc., etc. He said, certainly we'll announce one player before the World Cup. After that, we will see. Uh, he spoke about uh, making additions to the squad. He said, uh, we have a basic squad. I believe in the squad I have. Yeah, we've heard that one before. Uh, but if I can make an addition, two or three maximum, then we will do it. What's interesting is, what is the definition of an addition? Because if you take, for example, that Gallas might leave, Sylvester is probably going to leave, uh, one of the keepers might leave, and he was asked about Eduardo, and he was asked, was, is Eduardo going to, is he going to, you know, get better, get back into the swing of things? And he said, well, you know, he looks great in training, and he's an important player, but I'll sit down with him and discuss what happens, because it's up to him a bit as well, because he might want to play, which indicates maybe Eduardo's not necessarily in his first team plan. So let's say Eduardo goes, because there's interest in him. And let's say someone like Carlos Vela goes, because... Well, what's the point of Carlos Vela? So you're looking at players going out, and when he says additions, does he mean additions to what we already have or replacements for players who will leave? So, for example, if Gallas leaves and we sign another central defender, that's not an addition, that is a replacement. So um, we'll have to see. I mean, the idea that we'll go out and spend uh, the sort of money that, that will bring in five or six or seven players is ludicrous. It's not going to happen. And maybe uh, with the squad situation with 25 players, you've got to limit your squad to 25 players next season. Maybe we're going to end up with fewer players. We've got to hope we've got fewer injuries. But interesting to hear him talk about those uh, uh, those transfer uh, business bits and pieces because, uh, yeah, we have to see additions, replacements. How is he going to do it? Who is he going to do it? He's giving Gallas till the end of May, I believe. I think Gallas is going to go, as I said to to uh, Gilberto Silva earlier. If he was going to stay, he'd have signed by now. If we had the kind of deal on offer that was acceptable to him, he would he would have signed by now. So I reckon he's going to go. So all the uh, the uh, signings probably going to be in the defensive area. But then again, if Gilberto goes, or Gilberto, hear me, Eduardo, if he goes, um, maybe we need another striker too. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I'm paying little attention to what it is actually uh, that Arsene says, because you drive yourself mad. And I've said this for the last couple of years. You go mad trying to interpret what it is he means. What does he mean? By does he mean? What maybe? We'll see. When the announcements pop up on Arsenal.com, um, then we can make a, uh, a judgment on, on what's happening in the transfer window. What Arson says, what he does, often very two different things. Uh, sometimes what he says is exactly what he means. No, we're not going to sign any more players. And everyone goes, well, he's just saying that to uh, you know keep the market down. No. Uh, sometimes he, he means he's not going to sign any players. So hopefully uh, the right number of players will come in this summer. Um, looking ahead very quickly to the game against Blackburn on Monday. Bit sort of... Even though it's Blackburn, I don't like Blackburn. Don't like Allardyce. Don't like Juf. Don't like most of their players. But it really is a fairly nothing game, isn't it? A win would be great because it makes sure we get third place. We've got the final day of the season uh, coming up against Fulham. Um, Fulham, who have qualified for the Europa League final. So the team that Fulham put out on the final day of the season, I suspect, is not going to be their strongest team. Chances are we could probably win that game if we really have to. Ideally, we get the points that we need on Monday against Blackburn 
ideally we'll turn them over about 4 or 5 nil. but they're a strong enough team at the moment I don't see that happening with the players that we've got out Van Persie likes it against Blackburn doesn't he he does tend to score against them and Paul Robinson's in goal and we do tend to score against Paul Robinson so maybe a sunny bank holiday Monday evening 4 or 5 goals for the Arsenal that would be fantastic I'd enjoy that a great deal but uh, I can't say it's one I'm looking forward to in any great way in terms of excitement or anticipation so uh, we'll leave it there for this week I think there's not much more to be said uh, the final game of the season we'll look ahead to that on next week's Arscast until then take it easy cheers bye bye This is a very important time in the UK. I wish I could be there instead of being hidden away in a faraway place. Extradition is a terrible, ghastly word. There is to be a general election and as far as I can tell from this far remove, there are three choices. 1. A cunt who everybody hates because his party has been in power too long. 2. A cunt who people don't hate quite as much because his party hasn't been in power for ages. 3. A cunt that nobody really hates, but that's mostly because they don't have a clue who he is. I was going to come back and run for parliament myself. I had my entire manifesto done up and everything. I think I would have won the popular vote. Here are some examples of my policies. Job creation would be high on my list so I would put unemployed people to work in the community to ensure they gave something back. Eight hours a day flinging bags of rancid donkey shite at Emmanuel Adapayor's house would ensure back-to-work schemes were filled with enthusiastic young people. Nobody likes high taxes so anyone who brings me the head of a Spurs player would get a year-long exemption. Immigration is a key issue amongst regular people and bigots alike. Ron Atkinson would be my new minister for integration. I would reduce the crime rate by up to 87%, simply by firing Greg Bellamy and Joey Barton into space on a rocket. Bankers would be made accountable for the damage they've done to the country by being given season tickets at Blackburn Rovers. I would privatize the health service, taking backhanders from Lou Inn and Lou Inn Medical Corp, which would ensure a fit, active, healthy and uninjured workforce. Finally, I would put an end, once and for all, to John Terry. I was confident that such a program for change would see me sleep into power like Obama or Ian Dolly. However, I'm not paranoid, they are all out to get me. I've got to stay here and you'll just have to cope with whatever you get. Oh yes. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 